So can we give the worship team a hand? I mean, today, that was extra special, man. Extra special. Just, just treasures in heaven for everybody. So, except for me, because I forgot an announcement, but that's okay. Just in case you thought we were perfect, we, we planned that to prove that, that we're not perfect. Well, I have to say, I have been extremely excited about preaching this series. Uh, if you don't know, uh, Rick and Roman and I, we, we plan these series uh, months in advance. We meet together uh, about, about every three months, and we plan the next three to, to six months uh, in advance so that we can be praying over them, and we just trust the Lord that he'll move and work in those. And ever since we came up with this idea of normal isn't working, I've, I've just really been looking forward to it. And I have to say that I'm looking forward to today's sermon. I think there's a, there's a chance. It, it might hurt your feelings, but we're going to be okay. We'll be friends afterwards, I hope. Uh, but I, I really am believing that our discussions over the next several weeks are going uh, to bring hope. Uh, they're going to bring freedom. Uh, I hope that they bring encouragement. Um, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that that might bring some new perspective in the life that we can have in, in Christ Jesus. But before we dig into that too much, before I get too far ahead of myself, I, I do have a question for us today. Now, don't, don't raise your hand, and you'll understand why here in a moment, but here's my question. Have you ever Googled something, and once you saw the results, you immediately regretted Googling what you Googled? Anybody ever done that? Oh, there's a brave person. Reese back there like, amen, brother, I've been there. Right. Yeah, that, that happened to me. I have to be honest. As, we, as I was preparing for this, this series, you know, our, our title of the series is uh, Normal Isn't Working. And I'm like, okay, what's the, what's the opposite of normal? I was kind of looking for some inspiration. So um, I made the mistake of, of Googling images of the word weird. And I have to say it was... It, inspiring is the wrong word. I quickly came across images like this. I got a picture for you guys right here. So, right, right, right. It's like, yep, that's weird, but didn't really inspire it and didn't help my sermon very much. And so uh, I actually think a better word would be terrified, some of the things that I saw on there. And so I just, <laughs> it, yeah, I just move on to the next slide. I can't look at that. I can't, I can't move. Just, yeah, just move to the next slide. I have to tell you, what's, what's more shocking for me than, than those images is the normal that we're living with every day. I want you to think about that. Normal really is not working. Uh, what we see on the news every day, uh, the values that we're living out every day are simply not working. And I want to give you a, just, a, just a glimpse, just a little bit of evidence of, of a normal American and kind of help you see that maybe things aren't working as much or as well as we would like to hope. Uh, the average American gross household income is 71258 And uh, all the college students are like, whoa, right? They're like, man, no. Um, the average American gross household income is $71,258. But the average American household with debt is $132,000. 529, almost twice a yearly wage. And then uh, number three, only 18% of Americans actively contribute to an individual retirement account or an IRA. And on the surface, that doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Uh, but when you look at option number four that says that as of January 2017, the average American Social Security retirement 
was only $1,360 a month. So that translates to about $16,350 for the year. Compared to the $71,000 that that individual may have been making previously before retirement. And so when you look at that, the statistics tell us that 21% of married couples and 43% of single retirees rely on Social Security for 90% or more of their retirement income. When Social Security was originally only created to compensate for about 40% of a retiree's annual income before retirement. So even the numbers, not just the news, not just our own personal experiences, but the numbers are telling us that normal isn't working. But in the spirit of Halloween, I want to tell you something that's even more scary than that. This, to me, is, is shocking. Even though our experience tells us normal isn't working, even though just common sense tells us that, even though the numbers tell us that, we still want to be in charge. Isn't that scary? Normal isn't working. Our normal tendencies are not working to our advantage, but we still want to be in charge. We still want to be in control. We still want to wear the crown. We still want to claim the right to rule and reign in our own lives, even though the normal decisions and the normal way of life are not are not working. And we want to be in charge because that's normal, but we also like to be in charge, right? I mean, and the reason we like to be in charge is because we've got this false sense of ownership, right? Don't we say on a regular basis, it's my life, it's my decisions, it's my money, it's my family, my job, my car, my kids, my future, So why wouldn't I be in charge? It's all mine. But Jesus has a different way. A way that is very much not normal for us. As followers of Jesus, we need to understand that in order to follow him, we're not in charge. We can't be. We have to give up control in, in order to follow Jesus. So uh, an important question that we need to answer today is who's going to be in charge? Who's going to be in charge of your life? Who's going to be in charge of my life? Is it going to be God or is it going to be me? Now, I feel like since you guys are all here and about, you know, oh, 60 guys, we're here on time. Uh, I think most of us, it's a good assumption that uh, we're all good Christian people. Most of us in the room are good Christian people. So those of us who consider ourselves good Christians are probably internally thinking, uh, Charlie, well, of course, I'm going to choose to follow God's way. I mean, I was here on time. There were 40% of people who were late this morning. I got here, I had my coffee, was in my seat where I was supposed to be before, you know, before worship started. So of course, I'm going to follow Jesus' way. What are you thinking? But I would submit that most Christians only give lip service to following the way of Jesus. And I think that because in God's kingdom, in God's kingdom, you're not in charge. He is. 
And I think uh, it's clear for us that even those who, who closely followed Jesus as he walked this earth struggled with the reality that in order to follow him, to be considered a, a Christian, to be a, a follower of the way, meant that you had to take off your crown. And you had to give it up. And we see that in the text that, that was read earlier. I want to go back and I want to reread that. A few key points here. I want to start in, let's see here, let me get there. Because there are some sections that you guys didn't hear that are, that are pretty important. This is Mark 8, verses 34 through 36. It says, he called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Let's look at that first phrase. He called the crowd with his disciples. See, in this, in this moment in Scripture, Jesus was addressing everyone. Not just the 12, but everyone who had gathered to hear his teaching. And so, bad news for you and me, that means we're not off the hook. We can't just throw up our hands and be like, he was talking to the disciples. I'm not one of the 12. No, he was talking to everyone who had gathered to hear what Jesus had to say. And then Jesus went on to say, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. So so Jesus himself is saying, in order to follow him, we must deny ourselves. And I want to make a clarification here. There is a difference, a big difference between self-denial and denying self. Okay, Self-denial is not eating donuts when you're on a diet. Okay, That's self-denial. You walk in, and Charlotte's got peanut butter cake squares sitting out on a beautiful platter, and you promised yourself, right? I'm self-denial. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to eat it. Denying self is surrendering ourselves. And not just surrendering and waving the right flag, but surrendering ourselves to Christ's kingship in our lives. Denying self means that you are no longer the center of the universe. Denying self means your priorities are no longer the top priorities. It means that that your opinion is not the top opinion. What you want to do may not be what happens. You're not in charge anymore. When you deny yourself, it means that someone else Where's the crown? It means someone else is in charge, and it's not you. And that's what Jesus is saying. In order to follow him, that's the mindset that we must must take on. We must deny ourselves and say that, that somebody else has the right to rule and the right to reign. And then the scripture goes on to say, For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, they will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? I think Jesus is addressing here uh, something that we so easily fall into, a trap that's so easy for us. Because we get so caught up in being in charge, right? 
don't we like being in charge? I like, I like being in charge. I like calling the shots. I like telling somebody to do something and they do it. Man, that's, that's a lot of fun. Nobody else likes being in charge. Everybody's like, wow, that guy's bossy. So <laughs> maybe I'm the only one. I don't know. But we, we get so caught up in being in, control, in charge and being in control. We can get so caught up. Here's the dangerous part. We can get so caught up in chasing the values and the results that we can create on our own. That we get blinded to the priceless gift that Jesus is offering us with his, with his kingship. And that gift is eternal life. And eternal life, you know, we kind of think about that as a far off thing. It's not. Eternal life is, is a here and a now. It's a, it's a life with purpose and passion and true fulfillment. But, but we can't create that on our own. There's some results that we can create. There's a, there's a level of satisfaction that we can create in our lives, but not the level of satisfaction that could be created if we trust Jesus to be our king. We can't create that on our own. We can't really create it at all, but, but we can receive it. But in order to receive it, we have to follow we can't be in charge. And that's what, that, that's what is so dangerous and such a, such a hurdle for us sometimes. Is we, we want to be in charge so bad that we sacrifice the, this eternal lit gift, this eternal life, this just precious life that Jesus could offer to us. But we can't receive because we're not willing to take off our crown and place it in the hands of Jesus. And there's a warning in that. There's a warning in Jesus' statement because if you chase the values and the things that this world can offer, there's actually a pretty good chance that you'll, you'll catch them. There's a pretty good chance that, that you'll, you'll find them and you'll receive them and you'll have them as your very own. But they come at a great price. They come at the price of true life, true satisfaction. True peace. Yeah, you'll be in charge, and yeah, you'll have some satisfaction. Yeah, you'll receive some things that you wanted, but at, the, at what cost? You know, it's at this moment uh, when we start hearing these things that we're, we, we're ready to kind of take Jesus and, and put him back into the nativity scene box, right? It's like for, for us, we kind of, we like Jesus better as a baby than as a king, Right? It's like Jesus, baby Jesus is cute and cuddly, and he's got all this gold and frankincense and myrrh around him. He's got a little donkey next to him, you know, and you know, maybe Mary's holding him, and he looks safe, and he just looks, you know, just innocent and, you know, just easy to manage and manipulate. But we don't like to think of the king, Jesus, who knows his right to rule who knows he's the rightful just ruler of our lives, who knows that he has expectations for those who follow him. King Jesus has expectations about how we spend our money. King Jesus has expectations of, of how we spend our lives. King Jesus, who, who has the right to rule and reign, who wears the crown, expects some things of us, expects us to Love our neighbor as ourself. To pray for those who persecute us. King Jesus has expectations. 
And for many of us, that, that's difficult to accept. We just kind of want baby Jesus. I love this quote from Thomas, of, uh, Thomas Akempis. He says this. He says, Jesus today has many who love his heavenly kingdom, but few who carry his cross. Many who yearn for comfort, few who long for distress. Plenty of people he finds to share his banquet, few to share his fast. Everyone desires to take part in his rejoicing, but few are willing to suffer anything for his sake. There are many that follow Jesus as far as the breaking of bread, few as far as drinking the cup of suffering. Many that revere his morality, but few that follow him in the indignity of his cross. Many that love Jesus as long as nothing runs counter to them. Many that praise and bless him as long as they receive comfort from him. But should Jesus hide from them and leave them for a while, they will fall to complaining or become deeply depressed. Those who love Jesus for his own sake, not for the sake of their comfort, bless him in time of trouble and heartache as much as when they are full of consolation. And so my question is, what about you? What about me? You see, denying ourselves and taking up the cross as Jesus commanded us to is a every minute, every day submission. But too many times we limit Christ's right to rule and reign to that one hour of church life that we offer every Sunday. Maybe two hours if you're extra faithful. Jesus is not satisfied with that. He says anyone who follow him must take up their cross and follow him daily. They must deny themselves daily, every minute, every hour. They must submit their lives to allowing Christ to rule and reign and make decisions and guide and direct. And I just want to point out that, that for many of us, the reason... We want to keep the crown is because we want to have fun, right? We want to smile and we want to laugh and we want to hang out with our friends. We don't want to just sit in a, a room and read the Bible every day, right? But I would submit to you that Jesus says that in him there's life abundantly. And he has plans and purposes for us. Just this opportunities and, and just joys and experiences beyond our understanding. But we can't get around the fact that we can't receive those things. We can't have those things. We can't find those things unless we first take off our crown and give Jesus the right to rule and the right to reign. Give him the right to make the decision. That allow him to decide what should be done with the life he has given us. What should be done with the kids he has given us. With the job he has given us. Because it all comes from him. And so for many of us, uh, that, that submission, that, that dying of self, it, it can look like a lot of different things. Uh, maybe for you, uh, you need to leave a job. Or leave a family just like the disciples did. Those who followed Jesus uh, during his, his time here on earth. Uh, maybe you need to renounce the pursuit of status or honor. For others uh, who might have an appetite for luxury and wealth. Maybe you need to give it away. 
for those who only give lip service to God, maybe you need, we, you need to read his word and, and actually do what it says. Uh, for those who are lazy, it might mean you need to get up and, and get to work. But what about the church? What, what might this, this life of submission, this life under the rule of Christ, what might it look like for the church, for the body of Christ? Maybe it means that we sacrifice our comfort for those who don't know him. Or it could mean uh, we have to give up our, our prized usual seat in the sweet spot where, you know, the, the air conditioner just kind of just lightly grazes over the area so you're not too hot, not too cold. You know what I'm saying? That, that one spot, maybe we got to give that up for the guests so that they feel welcome and they, they feel a part. It's different for all of us. But I just want to challenge you today before you leave, before you leave this room, I just challenge you, you've got to decide who's going to be the king of your life. Who's the king? Is it you or is it Jesus? Because it cannot be both. It just can't. If you're the king and Christ is the king, then really no one's the king. Because scripture tells us most times what we say we want and what God says he wants stand in opposition to one another. So are you the king or is Christ the king? It cannot be both. So I want to encourage you while you're sitting there, if you have your bulletin, if you'll pull out that connection card. Just tear it off. I just want to challenge you with a, with a few next steps uh, to consider this week. As you think about this sermon and, and as you consider it, I hope over this, this next week, I want you to be uh, thinking about these questions and how you answered them today. I'm going to go ahead and invite Jason back up. So we say this all the time. If, if you come in here and you listen to this sermon and you walk away and you're like, man, that was a great sermon, you know. And that's it. Oh, well, that's it, right? Our hope is, and our prayer is always that, that this sermon produces some kind of fruit, that it either encourages you or challenges you or convicts you in some way. And so I just want you to ask yourself these, these three questions as, as the worship band, they're going to they're gonna play a song here in just a moment. Uh, I just want you to think about question number one. I've already asked it. Who is the king of your life? It can really only be one of two people. Is it you or is it God? Who's the king? Who wears the crown? And the second question I'm going to ask, how do you need to die to yourself? And I think Jesus chose his words well. Because most times we, we need to die to it, an extreme response. We need to, to kill something that's getting in the way of Christ ruling and reigning. So how do you need to die to yourself? And the last question, what area of your life do you need to give up control to King Jesus? Is it how you spend your money? Is it how you raise your kids? Is it how you lead in the office? What area do you need to give up reign and allow Christ Jesus to reign in your place? So I'm going to pray for us, and then I just encourage you to consider those questions and, and write out your answers uh, as uh, this song plays.